0: Welcome back to series eight of Game Changers. Gosh, series eight. On behalf of Adriano and the team from A School for Tomorrow, I want to thank everybody for their amazing support of our little podcast. Our most recent Series 7 has continued to build our audience reach with the series becoming the most listened to series to date. And that's just remarkable. When we commenced in March 2020, we never anticipated the extent of the positive response we've received from the global education community. Your encouragement of us has been inspiring. As of today, we've had over 120,000 listens from over 50 countries across the world and it's growing every day. And our team has been amazing. Thank you to Oliver, our producer, and Kyle and Letitia and Matt, too, for all they do to help us make everything happen. For us, this quality of intentionality is essential. Too many mistake the ostensible effortlessness of genuine adaptive expertise and self-efficacy that blends strategic vision with operational attention to detail and responsiveness to the presence and needs of the other for a prevailing spontaneity that's often described as organic. For me, organic, as you've heard me say before, is a term best reserved for steak, or perhaps even kale and quinoa and tofu, not learning. Learning therefore needs to be human-centered and technologically enriched and people and planet and place conscious, and above all, it needs to be purposefully intentional. We need to start with the who and the where, and from this, develop the why that will infuse the how and the what with a deep and abiding sense of purpose about the learning. And that purpose needs to equip, empower, and enable learners to locate and claim their own sense of purpose. This is the singular quality, the most important of the big steps forward and up that our years of research into the character of an education for character, competency, and wellness tells us all learners need to take. That's why we've been talking about the idea of a life of purpose for the past year now. That's why we've built a course for learners Of all ages about how to find your life of purpose and become the best version of yourself. And that's why, on this series of the Game Changers podcast, Adriano and I want to explore a life of purpose together with you, our listeners, and the Game Changers themselves. So strap yourselves in, Adriano, Mio Amico. I'm excited. I can't wait.
1: Let's go. Before we start our conversation, Phil, can you share with our audience a little insight into our Series 8 sponsor? EDAPT Education
0: brings together all your student data into one platform. Improve the growth and well-being of all students in your school. EDAPT is offering their learner profile and school data platform free for a term for the first time exclusive to you, our Game Changers listeners. Simply visit edapt.education forward slash gamechangers. That's edapt.education forward slash
1: gamechangers. Let's go. Wow, that's a very lovely way to begin, Phil, uh, and it's also great to be with you. How is the People's Democratic Republic of Fitzroy treating you on this fair day?
0: Well, I'm glad to say, Adriano, that as of the end of last series, when I've been cancelled, I have been welcomed back into the fold. I have experienced the sibling bonds of fellow residents of the land of, it's not milk and honey, it's
1: kale and quinoa, and indeed, it was good. Well, I think, you know what, Phil, enough of this nonsense. Let's get to the purpose of this particular series, which, as you've just articulated, is all about a life of purpose. We are wondering, what might a life of purpose look like, and how might we educate learners to find and claim their purpose? Mate, will you allow me just
0: a little bit longer to set some of the context for this? Because I think it's really important to connect what we're going to be talking with our game changers about to the research that we've done over the past decade. You know, in in 2010, our research institute, Circle, the Centre for Innovation, Research, Creativity and Leadership in Education, began to work towards its mission of better outcomes for more learners. We began to build a global network of schools with whom we might construct a research base for how this might be done best. We began to draw on the connections between character and competency and wellness as the foundations for the true purpose of school. We suspected that while many educators felt this might be the case instinctively, there were certain limitations holding them back from benefiting from a rich community of inquiry and practice that had been established in the years beforehand in other areas of teaching and learning, including relational teaching, mastery practice and assessment for and of, and with learning. Schools were routinely in the habit of making assertions about their propensity to add character to students without having any of the characteristics of what we now all accept as being authentic educational rigour. Our major research projects since then, which are still ongoing, have involved over 140 schools, more than 100,000 students, and at least 14,000 educators. These studies have confirmed our original thinking about the state of practice collectively, although we've been able to see and affirm the individual examples of so many teachers in this area. Character education is the whole work of a school, and it's the reason why we do school. We believe that it should become intentional, evidence-based, research-driven, and tested for its efficiency and its efficacy through the individual and collaborative work of teachers across the world. Having pulled all this together, we then drawn our thinking into a series of understandings about how best to identify, to share, and to learn from this practice in an education for character, competency and wellness. And we started to talk about this globally and we call this The Way. Now, one of the most important observations within this this study program for teachers called The Way that we were and are able to make about all who've worked with this on this enormous longitudinal academic undertaking is that none of them promote selfishness in their students. Seems obvious, doesn't it? Good schools, great schools, pretty much every school around the world promotes selflessness. Teachers, families and communities around the world recognise that it is in giving to others that we might become better versions of ourselves. And thus, while different schools might define different character traits and qualities according to the emphases of their particular contexts, All schools want their students to grow from the normal self-centeredness of the young child to become young adults who recognise that their realisation of their sense of who they are and how they might manifest this is always augmented by the extent of their contribution towards others. People everywhere teach their children to place the needs of others before themselves so that their service might enhance the bonds of reciprocity and interdependence that create community and connection and so for whose benefit might these acts of selflessness be put how might we temper the desire to take for ourselves now that which best suits us with the forbearance and delayed gratification that gives us the grace to move in the world and to act in a way that meets expectations and sometimes even obligations to improve the lives of others while becoming the best version of ourselves that we can become It's from questions such as these that we began to recognize how we might frame character in its most meaningful and powerful fashion. For us, character is more than just a set of traits or habits. It's how we respond through our actions to three human needs. The need to belong, which we call civic character. The need to fulfill our potential, which we call performance character. And the need to do good and right in the world, which we call moral character. And we started to see how none of these were inherently more important than the rest, although they do tend to act in a particular scope and sequence, when we feel as though we belong, we're more likely to fulfill our potential. And when we feel as though we belong and we're fulfilling our potential or indeed our possibility, Adriano, as you keep reminding me, then we are more likely to do good and right in the world. In schools, therefore, we need to give our students a foundational framework that's built on a shared understanding of character and the competencies that express it and the wellness in which it's all grounded so that our learners might acquire first mastery and then expertise to learn, live, lead, and work in such a way that they might thrive. And this expertise needs to be adaptive to new circumstances and to draw on the self-efficacy that enables a person to determine how best to employ these competencies and to support themselves and be well at the same time. Why am I rambling on like this? Why am I going into such depth? Because this is what's truly at the heart of today's learning for tomorrow's world. And this is what informs the purpose of the School for Tomorrow global research program and our network. It's all about this character of a future fit education. So we need to ask ourselves, how does this high level and global understanding about our educational enterprise play itself out in the lives of those who are in the arena every day? To paraphrase one of your favourites, Teddy Roosevelt, Adriano, after all, there's no point having big words on a website and in a brochure if it's not being lived out amidst the stumbles and the sweat and the dust. I wonder, therefore, if we can move back from all this highfalutin stuff that I've been talking about to take a more personal angle i wonder if i can be just a little bit cheeky and ask you adriano what is your
1: purpose as an educator well that's um that's so much there to digest that you've just shared with us and i really appreciate you taking the time to to really step myself and and, and our listeners through it and i love i love that notion of you know amidst the stumbles and the sweat and the dust because you know through moments of struggle struggle there's so much uh, that we discover about our, our capacity and uh, to, to continue to move. And, and look, thank you for that question. You know, because um, it's it's a question that that no doubt not only myself but every listener out there who's an educator has pondered over over their time. What is their purpose as an educator? And uh, in 2019, I wrote a, a very short thought piece on my uh, blog. Permission is triumph, and it was around the theme of why do we teachers do what we do. And, uh, you know, I have a belief that we are all on our own kind of unique and personal journey, where we all seek understanding, meaning, wisdom, and knowledge, where we want to know why we're here, where we crave purpose, acceptance, and love, remembering that none of us directly operates within the world as it is, that we often create internal representations or maps of the world based on our perceptions, and of course, our experience of it. So why do we do what we do? Throughout my life journey, I've witnessed the different motivations of people as to their why or as to their purpose. Some out of need, obligation, or simply ticking boxes as set out by society. Some do it from a position of pride or out of a sense of duty. Other times I've encountered individuals motivated purely by selfish reasons. I've also met people who operate from a passion that burns deep, deep inside. And some people, no doubt, Do what they do for attention or even affection. Which one of these kind of resonates with your own kind of lived experience today? That's the question I'm asking our audience. So I want to actually now return to my why, my life of purpose as an educator. For me, it has always been around two very simple drivers. Number one, for me, it's self-actualization. Often our best actions are deeply rooted in love and done for others. However, we are best positioned to love someone else when we've worked resolutely to forge a new horizon for ourselves. I believe that my evolution as an educator and as a man has enabled my relationships with self, with God, with place and the other to flourish even more. When we do the work and invest in improving ourselves, we evolve all aspects of our being. Then we take what we have learned and share that light and love with the other. This feeling of self actualization is worth actually working toward for true personal fulfillment. I want us to kind of think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs when I talk about that. The second, number two, is this notion for all. I come full circle with this one and reiterate the words of Albert Einstein, and I quote, Never regard study as a duty, but a enviable opportunity to learn to know the liberating influence of beauty in the realm of the spirit of your own personal joy and to the profit of the community to which your later works belong. Let your thoughts, words, and actions manifest in a most wonderful way. Be for the profit of the community to which your later works belong. You know, effective educators leave a legacy and a tremendous influence on the life of the other. This is a privilege and a gift for our actions have the capacity to leave an echo throughout eternity. When education chose me, I believe I became a parent or it became a parent, I should say, that I had assumed the responsibility of this social imperative to act in the best interests of every young person. We should never forget that each young person in our care is home to a life. And I am therefore called to support each young person in my care in discovering their inherent possibility. This, for me, is the act, the human act of giving. Therefore, generosity, love and kindness are not impulsive reactions. They require profound consciousness and concern for the other. They're communicated via considered words and the intent of our actions that inspire and radiate hope. The gifts of gratitude and love will always be yours in return. Now, Phil, can I ask you the same question? What is your purpose as an educator?
0: Yes, you can. Um, I'm still I'm still processing um, that notion of generosity, love and kindness that sit behind everything and w- what a challenge that is. Mate, you often say to me when I'm being long-winded or I've written way too many words that are, that are required by the circumstances that clarity is kindness. So I'm not sure that I can offer you exactly that type of kindness right now. Um, I'm not actually sure I can give you a simple answer to that question, and I'm not sure that I can be as elegant as you've been. Um, you, you know, I take my faith seriously, and 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 that I like to reflect on pieces of scripture at length. Um, uh, those who know me closely will know that I've been reading the book of Ecclesiastes now for over 10 years, and I'm, I'm still finding stuff in it that speaks to me every day, and I'm not done with it yet. I guess that that Going into things in depth is all part of the scholarly tradition that goes way back to the origins of literacy in the human condition. And it's about the way that we try to use words and particularly stories to connect us to a sense of that which lies beyond us, something which you and I, mate, would call the divine um, and other people give different names to, and that's, that's perfectly okay. And, and and whether or not you have this particular sense of faith, listeners, we all have a sense of something that brings us order and structure and hope, and even the possibility of things becoming better in our world and our universe. And when we write these things down, they bring to us a knowledge that we can study and learn and share with each other to help us create a shared understanding of our people and place and planet. And I think that they can do the same for our sense of purpose. So there's a line from 1 Corinthians 13, which has stuck with me since I was 15. An age where I decided that what I wanted to do most in life, the thing that made me feel happiest and made me feel as though I was being the best version of myself that I could be, was to help other people to be the best versions of themselves that they could be. Now, this sounds like a pretty lofty sort of thing for a 15 year old to make promises to himself about, but there's nothing like a noble idea to inspire a young man to go and do something good, something that he might see as a duty worth fulfilling what exactly that duty was beyond a general desire to be helpful wasn't so clear to me then and it's still not that clear to me now. And that's where the the, the line from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians comes in. You know, and the King James Version has probably the most, the, the, the most well-known uh, translation of it. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. This is really powerful for me, mate. It it, it speaks to the idea that all things will come in time so long as we keep striving and learning along the way. I love everything in its right place, both the Radiohead song and the idea itself. But even as a teenager, I also knew that you can't have it all right now, although I was much less patient about that then. So perhaps for me, my sense of purpose has been a little bit more inchoate and less elegantly formed than your own Other than throughout my entire adult life, I followed a deeply held inner drive to see things on the road ahead as they are and as they are revealed and help others to do the same. As a father, it's meant trying to teach my children to be able to become the people they want and need to be and never to shirk the hard work that this involves along the way. While also being grateful for the opportunities that present themselves as a history teacher that meant helping students to become the best historians that they could be by mastering causation agency and relative merit. As a coach that meant helping cricketers or debaters or rugby players or hockey players or future problem solvers or or, or whatever it was I was involved with in the co-curricular life of the school. It, it, it meant helping kids to grow in their competencies through their service to the team, always the team first. And as a school leader, that meant finding and showing the way forward to a way of doing things that brought the best possible results to as many students as possible, something which I've carried into circle, my role in universities and research, and now into a school for tomorrow. For me now, at this point in my life, the quest to achieve better outcomes for more learners through the whole of learning, outcomes that will help students, teachers, leaders, and school teams to thrive in their world never ends. But what form will it take tomorrow? honestly, I'm not so certain about that.
1: This is really fascinating listening to it. I love that Corinthians part, you know, particularly how it ends with, I am known. And and what I'm hearing you say, young Phil, is that for you, this quest to live a, a life of purpose is one where the journey clearly is more significant than the destination. And indeed, where the process of becoming itself influences that sense of purpose as to who you are becoming, where your interactions with people and place and planet shape the goal as much, if not more, than you might be able to have had on an impact on your own environment.
0: Yeah, you know, if I'm honest, young Phil hated the metaphor of the journey. It just seems so vague and 1970s and wishy-washy Heartland Rock for a boy who grew up in the 80s listening to punk and New Wave and the radical classical music of composers like, like Bach and Mozart and, and, and particularly Beethoven, always Beethoven. Um, older Philip sees it differently and, and that's okay. It's, I'll, I'll admit now, it's okay for our purpose to change over time and it's only natural that as our world changes, so should we change and adapt our inner drive and its externalization through a sense of that which we are called to do which is our calling or our vocation. What's clear to me is that when you find your mission or your vocation or calling or purpose or whatever you wanna call it, that's not an end to it by any means. As we grow and as time passes, we interact with those around us and the circumstances of our lives. Different things play out at different times and we respond to influences as they seem to align with or change our values and our priorities. I think while some people can claim a purpose and run with it all of their lives, others will adopt this calling deep within the core of their being, and then they'll mould it to the situation at hand by refining their practice, and then others still will create for themselves a new storyline altogether. There isn't one model, but what we know is that taking the opportunity on an ongoing basis to reflect on your people your place, your purpose, and your practice is an essential part of mapping your journey, that pathway to excellence that defines a life that might be considered well-lived and worthwhile.
1: Yeah, it's really fascinating. It's fascinating listening to you share that, Phil. You know, as educators, therefore, you know, we need to recognise that this influences not only our own sense of purpose, but how we realise this, but also how we contribute to the purpose of the community of inquiry and practice that exists around the educational institutions that we continue to serve and to the formation of the purposes of the individual learners who are served by these particular communities.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Looking at, I mean, we, we, we both come from different places and different backgrounds, and, and yet there's there's strong similarities. And also, um, uh, you know, there's, there, there's really interesting complementary differences between what we're both trying to do in making our respective senses of vocation and calling and purpose come to life how does this sense of vocation manifest itself for you
1: yeah you know um i think that's a really interesting word to vocation because you know for a catholic vocation is is one that uh, is deeply rooted in ministry uh work where where i know that in in a secular uh interpretation of the word vocation it's about you know your calling and your career so yeah it's just really interesting but you know what I'll say to you is this, my, my, my vocation has allowed me the opportunity to enter into the lives of young people and assist them in shaping what type of person they aspire to be. And as an educator, I know I need to honour this truth and embrace the privilege and the price of giving their life, their why, their purpose, the breadth of abundant living. You know, each week throughout my career in schools, I've had the pleasure of working with young people, each on their own journey in a quest to navigate this thing called life, all learning about their particular details. And I can kind of recall a week I had back in 2019, the last time I was actually, you know, leading in a school community. And I remember a number of encounters that reminded me of this privileged gift of being an educator and and supporting young people as they navigate this this thing called life. I'll give you an example. On the Monday of of that week, a group of year nine boys departed to participate in a six week immersive learning experience in Karta in Indonesia as part of the Victorian Young Leaders to Indonesian program. Two teachers had given up three weeks of their time, their expertise and their family to ensure each young man on this immersive experience had the most positive encounter with themselves with the place and with the other. Two teachers did that. On the Wednesday of that week, I went out and watched the AGSV athletics team win the AGSV championship at Lakeside Stadium here in Melbourne. That was the second ever athletics title that the school had won with the first coming in 1968. I watched the captain inspire his team to victory, breaking the AGSV record in the discus event. A group of teachers had given of their time to instil a passion for the competition, for each other and for track and field sports. This group of teachers gave an interest in the lives of each of those team members, encouraging them to be their best. A group of teachers did this, Phil. And at the same event, I watched a student humbly receive accolades from all that were present, thousands of young people that were present for having his design selected as the official logo to commemorate the 100th anniversary anniversary of the AGSV, a phenomenal sporting competition. A teacher recognized his gift of design, a teacher encouraged him to enter into his work, into that competition, and a teacher did that. And by the way, for those people listening, that student was Tyron Tran, who happens to be Phil, the person who designed our Game Changers logo. We're very blessed to have that. Oh, we are indeed, mate. We are indeed. On the Thursday of that same week that I recall, my own Unit 4 VCE Visual Communication Design students submitted their folios and final presentations, much of which uh, they commenced, you know, late in, in May. Each young man had focus on growth and improving their academic achievement based on continuous feedback from myself and their peers and their own self-evaluation. Each student produced a body of work that was impressive, on brief and a representation of their hard work, of trial and error and of creative innovation. I was really, really proud of each of them. And and all I did is create opportunities for each to share their unique gift with the world. I'm sharing these stories as, as we should never underestimate the far reaching implications of a teacher's impact on a student, which are never ending. We must never forget the power we have to shape and change lives forever. You know, I'm a teacher because I am passionate for lifelong learning and an inherent belief in the profoundness of young people. My vocation allows me the opportunity to enter into the lives of young people and assist them in shaping what type of person they aspire to become. By shaping so much of myself, I take on the symbolic role of storyteller and sense maker. Hopefully, through my example, they gain an insight into their own possibility. And why? It's because I'm a teacher, Phil.
0: Thank you for sharing that so openly, my friend. It's statements like that, that we've discovered are uh, just the most powerful professional learning opportunities for teachers all over the world. You know, chalkies, they get caught up in the moment, don't they? And and they're so they're so wrapped up in, in what's happening today and right in front of them um, that when you ask them to step back from that moment and reflect on their sense of purpose, to ask them about their why and then to commit to writing that down, just as you've done so just then. um, Amazing things can happen. Uh, The power of purpose is why we talk about the why. It's why we've shaped a whole strand of thinking and writing and conversing and learning about a life of purpose. It's the gateway into how we can work together to achieve better outcomes for more learners by building today's learning for tomorrow's world. Our purpose gives us a reason to do what we do. It endures longer than goals and plans which change from time to time based on our short and, uh, and medium-term needs. It has more substance than the dreams that might inform these goals and plans. Purpose gives us a reason to get up in the morning, particularly when at the, like at the moment here in Melbourne, it's cold and it's and you know it's a bit difficult to get up and you know you but but purpose gives us the capacity to do that and to do it when the times are tough it gives us the backbone to our desire and helps us to become resilient and to see the journey through and as teachers if we start with our purpose as the end in mind and design what we do around the steps learners need to take to develop the character and the competency and the wellness to realize their purpose Then everything changes in how we see what it is we do in our curriculum and our co curriculum, our pedagogy, our assessment, our reporting, our systems and structures. And it's not that these things have changed profoundly in and of themselves, and we certainly don't need to throw everything out and start again. It's that we see it differently. You know, we we, we see through a glass darkly, and then we shall know. And in doing this, it's really important that we don't overcomplicate what we do. We need to refine and revise like we always do as we seek out how to identify what we do as an expression of what's most important to us. And we need to be patient and we need to be realistic with ourselves and each other while being purposeful about our, our own purpose. And when we do this, we can't allow the voice of those who will say, oh, look, it's just another thing that they expect us to do and who complain about time to lingering in our consciousness and dominate our thinking and suck the energy out of us. We don't need to dump a layer of purpose on top of everything that we do. We need to find it at the core of our being and use it to influence that audacious hope that you keep encouraging us to do, Adriano. Um, We need to be mindful that this is the very thing that we were called to do as educators, to live a life of purpose and teach others the possibility of how they might do the same thing. We need to allow purposeful intentionality to infuse all of our learning relationships of character apprenticeship. We need to be there in our conversations and in our classrooms and rehearsal spaces and sporting fields. We need to be explicit about our approach and we need to expect the same from our learners. Even when they grumble about it and ask us to make their minds up for them and just tell them what to do because it might be a little bit easier today. So, Mehamiko, it's not about more, it's about how we approach from the core of our being. And therefore, if our purpose is to create today's learning for tomorrow's world, to improve outcomes for more learners, to cherish that fundamental belief that we share that uh, each person is home to a unique life, then why would it be more work to make sure that what we do is informed by this purpose and to ensure that others know and can respond accordingly? It's not about more work, it's about different work. It's work that calls on us to demonstrate that combination of courage and kindness, that are required to reveal who we truly are and who we are becoming both for ourselves and in service of our people and our place
1: and our planet. You know, we know that teachers make a difference in the outcomes that their students achieve. Uh, Out of all of the variables that we can influence in a school, the weight of international research impresses on us, it is teacher quality, collective efficacy that makes the most difference. And what makes the difference is how well teachers do what they do is the most compelling rationale that teachers have and how they connect uh, this to their work. If they know why they are doing their work and they can connect this with their ongoing sense of what is important to them, then the quality of what they do is gonna always be so much stronger. And if they can help their students to learn that, In one way or another, all humans are travelling the road together. Then this is perhaps the most important lesson of all. It helps us to recognise that we all share in a common set of challenges and opportunities to strive for something higher. A process of discovering a shared purpose.
0: So, what we do in schools has to go beyond the transmission of content then, doesn't it? We must do what we can to support the transformation of people. The practicalities of gaining access to programs, completing courses of study and gaining qualifications are really important vehicles for social mobility in preparation to learn, to live, to lead and to work uh, with success in the world. Yet there's more to thriving in our world than the ongoing exercise of these competencies. Education must be more than the drilling and skilling in the doing of things to prepare students for the next round of the doing of things. We need to help the young people in our care to connect with something that goes beyond their own emotional, intellectual, and physical selves. We need to show them that a journey of exploration and discovery in which they encounter self-awareness, relationship, and service, and vocation takes them beyond self-interest towards selflessness. The key assumption that underpins what we call this journey, the pathway to excellence, therefore, is that a life of giving to others equips them with genuine meaning that empowers them to live this life of purpose that we've been talking about today.
1: You know, it's it's about an education that truly embraces the hope of tomorrow, Phil, and, and the courage to take that big step forward in life. It's about the modelling, the scaffolding and the coaching others to articulate, to reflect and to explore as they grow in their own adaptive expertise, emotional competency and self-efficacy. It's about recognising that it starts with the civic character of belonging and the values and the relationships that foster it. It's about the performance character of achieving potential and possibility. And it's about the moral character that inspires each of us to seek what is fundamentally good and right for those around us and for ourselves. And of course, that deep world within ourselves. And it's about helping our learners to find their way, their fundamental sense of purpose, their why that will guide them through the good times and those times that we describe as bad or challenging, that we will help them to know when they have have made the difference that each of us wants them to make in this world. And to all those listening to this podcast, the truth is you are also home to a life. Your heart is not a place just to visit. It is your home. Unleash your why and embrace what burns deep inside of you. Honour this truth. Honour your heartbeat. Honour your sound. For it is your authentic self that the world wishes to see. Not another person afraid of their own possibility or their own why. Honour a life lived on your terms. Think peace of mind, clarity of thought, and the attainment of hopes and dreams. I mean, Phil... You and everyone listening owes it to themselves to not simply exist, but to give your life, your why, the breath of living. You're absolutely right, mate. How we
0: respond to this call to listen to the heartbeat of our own existence and to um, find that sense of purpose inside us that takes us beyond ourselves on a day-to-day basis, this can be really hard, can't it? You know, it's, it's very easy for us to dive into the busyness of the moment and forget that the stuff of school and the facts and the figures and the formulary and the theorems, the content and the daily events, they're all there to help shape the purpose of the learner that should come from deep within themselves and is found through uh, that moral introspection, that reflective activity that is so important in helping to ground and centre and guide them on their way. It's there to prepare them to thrive in the new world environment and to help them to become the best version of themselves they can be by responding to the challenge of being good people, of of, of being future builders and continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens and team creators, of course, the the, the graduate outcomes of a school for tomorrow. You know, in series eight of the Game Changers podcast, we once again have 10 remarkable educators, thinkers and social entrepreneurs who will challenge our binary thinking and inspire us on our journey to designing a better normal. Game Changers who will plant the seeds for each of us to grow as we strive to live a life of purpose. I'm really keen to learn from the Game Changers of this series about how they connect people to place, to purpose and to practice.
1: There's so much there, Phil, and you know, for me, I'm really keen to see how they can help all of us to learn about the transformation of our shared educational enterprise from one that privileged the success of a few in a kind of recall heavy uh, examination based system designed, of course, to enhance privilege and power in a very different way of thinking about education. That honors our unique possibility and the unique possibility of every individual learner in our care that helps each to find their voice, their agency, and of course, their advocacy. That will allow them to honour the love and the legacy of their families, the support and the fellowship of their friends, the creativity and the labour of their colleagues, and the best interests of all who are linked to each other in our interdependent uh, local, regional, and global communities. It's about recognising that we can't ever go back to what was because that's not the way of our world today. I kind of feel that it hasn't been that way for some time now. It's about finding our next normal, our better normal that respects the need for all and attends to the strengthening of our purposes of all learners. Thanks, Adriano. Thank you for sharing with our listeners, both personally and
0: professionally today. And, and thank, you, thank you, listeners, for letting us get a little bit personal with, with you today. It's, it's, I think it's important. I think it's important that if we're going to ask others to take this moment to reflect on their own sense of purpose, that perhaps we might do the same. It's a privilege to be able to do this in a public forum. It's a privilege to learn um, from people like yourself and from our game changers, Adriano. I'm so excited to learn from them about how they're locating the opportunities to make school all about the why. I can't wait to talk to them. Let's go.